Welcome to Going Greyhounds on your Thursday, January 25, right here on Sky Sports Radio. Simon Orchard with you, as always, and really looking forward to the next 15 minutes. If you love greyhound racing, if you're intrigued by what the future holds, if you're concerned about certain aspects of our wonderful sport, then turn up the dial on your wireless right now. Lean on in because we're going to take a temperature check of greyhound racing in New South Wales right now in 2024. We do this about three times a year, and the man who is always able to shed some light on the big issues is none other than the Deputy CEO of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, Wayne Billett, and he joins me on the program now. Morning, Wayne. Good morning, Simon. Let's dive straight in, my friend. Track upgrades and improved infrastructure, they are the topics on the lips of participants. They want to know what's happening at Taree and at DAPTO to, to begin with. Can you give us some updates on where those projects are at? Yes, certainly, Simon, um, and thanks for the opportunity of being on your show as always. Um, so Tari uh, is well in the mix, Simon, of um, construction is well underway. Uh, I know uh, Rob, the CEO, and a couple of our board members and local community reps were up there last week um, just having a look at the progress of the construction up there. Um, and we had had some hindrance from all the wet weather that we've had uh, along the east coast over the last couple of months, but it is moving in the right direction. Um, and we're hoping that, uh, you know, in March, at some point in March, we'll see a return to racing in Taree. And, uh, and that will be absolutely fantastic. The, the participants on the Mid-North Coast have been very patient, um, but it will be definitely worth the wait. Fantastic, uh, Wayne. The Taree Cup, of course, coming up uh, about midway through the year. So hopefully we can return by then. What about DAPTO, Wayne? We know the big parcel of land was purchased down there uh, maybe at the beginning of last year. Has there been any movement on that project? Yeah, so Simon, so um, with it being a greenfield site, um, we've been going through a planning stage and that's where we're at at the moment is just get, getting all the planning and everything right before we um, about to submit the DA application. So it's it's also heading in the right direction. Um, it's just one of those time-consuming things just to make sure that we've got all of our ducks in a row and we, we, we cover all the aspects that we need to cover as part of that DA process. So, um, you know, that will happen over the coming months and then hopefully, um, you know, we get that approved and we'll see the shovels hit the dirt at that day. What about the Central West, Wayne? I know there's a, a whole host of, well, a lot of trainers, breeders, participants, owners out there in the country. They don't have a lot of race tracks. Is there still a plan for maybe another track out there somewhere or even the Centre of Excellence that was sprued last year? Um, so, Simon, as you know, um, unfortunately with the loss of Bathurst, it, it created a bit of a void in, in the TAB racing calendar out there at, uh, out there in, in the Central West. So, you know, Grand Racing New South Wales is committed to uh, upgrading Lithgow, which is which is uh, imminent um, from that perspective to see some work there. But uh, it's also been well known that the, the New South Wales GBOTA have been working with uh, with the Orange Council and some uh, and, and, and local people out there to to see if there's an opportunity in, in that space. Um, so my understanding is you know the discussions with the New South Wales and the G- with the New South Wales GBA chain council are, are advanced and about what can be done there because it's an old harness site um, which obviously um, fits in well from a racing perspective so uh, they're doing their due diligence in that regard and, and um, that's obviously a work in progress as well but you know, in, the, in the short term we, you know, uh, Lithgow will definitely will be looking to get in soon which at least uh, help alleviate some of the, you know, the, some of the issues that the, the participants have in that area to access um, you know, TAB racing. Last one on the infrastructure questions, Wayne. What about Goulburn uh, track upgrades? I think it was a multi-million dollar upgrade uh, and straight track, of course, to be added to the Goulburn site was spruced 
last year. I understand Greyhound Racing New South Wales lodged some documentation maybe in November with local council. Where is Goulburn at right now? Yeah, that's right, Simon. So we've been through an, uh, an RFIU process, which is a, just a return of information, uh, request from information from council over a number of the, of the plans and um, planning that was um, um, submitted to the council. Uh, so Brown Racing New South Wales been in the position to to supply all that relevant information for council uh, for determination. Uh, and we, you know, we're expecting now that, uh, that you know, council will make a determination in the coming weeks or so about what the, what the future of that project will be. Is it a tricky balancing act, Wayne, for Greyhound Racing New South Wales? We've seen, obviously, in the last couple of months, the likes of Warhope uh, has finished up. Young, I believe, as well. Uh, we saw Cessnock open as a trial track at the back end of last year. You talk about Taree, Goulburn, Central West. There's a lot of trainers and participants dotted all over the state. Is it a difficult task to try and find the best locations for the tracks to service everyone out there? Yeah, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, Simon. And, and when you have these issues, you know, with Tari being down for construction, um, Bathurst out, you know, we lost Lismore and lost other different pieces. So it's, it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, and we've been able to share the racing around to try and give the participants still that access. But it's no doubt, you know, it does in, it does impact people. And I think that the key is to try and reduce that impact. I think, you know, participants are, are, are not not adverse to the impact of as long as we can they can see some results in different areas. And you know, all those projects we just spoke about, you know, in, more in particular the the Tarees uh, and the Goldens, if you know, and the lift goes, um, if you know, Tarees getting close and the other two were at, in the final stages of planning and, and shovels in the run. Participants are patient in that regard, so if they can see those things happening, um, that will definitely help us. But it's, it is always a balancing act just to try and get that uh, opportunity for you know for the greyhounds or the participants to race too, mindful of travel times and all that sort of stuff. So it's always a work in progress, and um, you know we always do our best to get it right. Some will say we do, some say we don't, and I, that, that, that's life. I know. But uh, you know, we do work very hard to make sure that you know the, the, the less impact, the better. You're listening to the voice of Wayne Billet, Deputy CEO of Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Wayne, you sort of touched on Lismore uh, briefly there. Of course, we saw it go offline in those horrible floods. Let's shift gear and talk about a couple of new feature races in the Northern Rivers, the Clarence and the Richmond, uh, both middle distance events, both with a bit of prize money involved as well. They've been added to the calendar in the next few months. What was the thought process there? Yeah, thanks, Simon. I'm so, unfortunately, with, with, you know, with... with uh, Lismore being out of play, um, there was a number of feature events that were located at the Lismore track. So from a Greyhound Racing New South Wales perspective, it was important that um, we kept um, uh, those sort of feature events in that in that region. Um, so we just put our mind to what we what do we think was best and what have we been trying to able to achieve. And and you know we introduced the Country Classic a couple of years ago. We've introduced middle distance racing with you know, higher prize money levels you know, throughout the state. We do it now at Richmond every Wednesday, but you know, we've been doing it in other venues like Dap Day, the Gardens, Gosford, um, and we've been doing it spasmodically throughout the regions as well. And, and, and that, that level, that part of our industry has grown considerably, that middle distance. Um, so what we thought is that you know, by putting those type of events on in the Northern Rivers, um, they were a bit... Um, you know, Again, from a participant point of view, their, their access to other, you know, to the average on uh, ongoing 600 metre middle distance racing is not always great because of their location. 
So we thought it really uh, important that we add a couple of, you know, when we considered this, add a couple of those type events into the region. Um, the feedback has been enormous about uh, about you know both the Clarence and the Richmond races, and 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 there's no doubt the Casino and Grafton will will um, get behind that and play important roles, and and the racing will be great. But and the other thing we've been able to do with that Simon is, is link it into our country classic. So again, we've been able to you know provide a bit of a program, a bit of a carnival for middle distance racing. Uh, it helps, it sort of flows on, gives people an opportunity to, to race at that sorts of levels of prize money over a considered time. Um, so for us, um, we're really excited about it. Um, you know, as all these things, we'll, we'll see how they go. But early indications are that, uh, you know, we'll, that, that they'll be well received. And there's no doubt um, with them being um, held in, you know, the Northern Rivers part of the state, that, that will attract um, you know, some, some of the Queensland dogs, some of the interstaters and stuff uh, into that series, which can only which is only a benefit to to, to the industry, right? So I think that if we can uh, achieve some of those goals, I think that uh, you know we're, we're we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, a couple of juicy carrots as well. Both twenty five thousand dollar races, the Richmond and the Clarence. Uh, and if yep. you finish in the top four in the Clarence final at Grafton, you go through to the semi finals of the Country Classic, which you mentioned. There's also a $5,000 bonus if a dog was uh, to win both the Richmond and the Clarence final. So have a look at them. They're both being run in February. Uh, while we're on the topic of feature racing, Wayne, I know the Paws of Thunder was a topic of hot debate over the last couple of weeks. I guess the lack of nominations or maybe the fact that the Derby and the Futurity took away, you know, a big crux of our really talented young dogs. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Paws now that we've had a week uh, removed from the final? Does it need to move or do we need to increase the prize money for a Group 1 event that's worth 75k? We're not trying to be greedy here, but that's sort of small fry um, now compared to some of the other races around. It is, Simon. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, my view is you just don't necessarily throw money at something to fix it. Um, so I don't know if money's necessarily the prize money's necessarily the problem. I think the pause last week, the final was an excellent race series. Um, the final hmm. cream certainly rose to the top. And it's interesting, um, you make the analogy about the four nominations and stuff. Um, you know, tonight at Albion Park, they've got four heats of their, their main race, which is worth 250000 to the winner. And they received 28 nominations to something worth 250000 to the winner. So mm. for me, it's not necessarily a prize money thing, Simon. I think it's about a timing thing. And as I said last week uh, on, on another uh, program, I think the group racing calendar is that saturated um, and is that robust from a prize money perspective. You know, 10 years ago, participants were happy to travel for, for 75000 But, you know, if you look at the group racing calendar across the, across the country, you'll see that it's somewhere every week or every second week, whether what state it's in, there's something worth 40, 50, 75, 100,000. So people don't have to travel as much anymore, which is which um, which is great for the great for the participants because the prize money has never been better. But it probably has diluted some of that um, top end racing because they can't race for everything, right? Where before there might have been eight signature events um, throughout the calendar where they place their dogs and try and you know, win as win as many as possible. Now uh, it's they can pick and choose a bit more. Um, there's not as much pressure to go to one because you know there's something else around the corner. So I just don't think it's one issue. It's it's not a pro, not just necessarily a prize money issue. 
I think a timing issue is part of it. I think the group racing calendar is part of it as well. I think that you know, there's across the across the nation, we've seen a bit of a, a, a slowdown in breeding, which impacts numbers for different things. So I think there's a number of metrics in there. Um, so I don't think there's an actual easy fix, but it needs. I think all those things need to be considered in the context of what we do with our feature racing. And I know, you know, last week, you know, some people said, no, we should just move the pause. Well, that might be great in theory, but where do you move it to, considering the comments I just made about the group racing and the saturation? So um, while we're always happy to review these things and get the best bang for our buck, because it's important from a club point of view and the holders and they get the opportunity to showcase it, it's important from a wagering point of view, it's important from a racing point of view. So there's those metrics as well that need to be considered in that whole um, discussion, Simon. Well said. Wayne Billet is my guest on Going Greyhounds this morning. Just a couple to go, Wayne, and as always, appreciate your time. Uh, mate, some good news came across my desk a couple of weeks ago. The puppy auction is returning in 2024. The details have started to eke out a little bit, Wayne, but you've seen many in auction in your time. We've had a few years without them, of course, due to COVID, which has taken away a lot of good things um, in the world. What can you tell us about the return of the puppy auction and why is it so important to our sport? Yes, uh, thanks, Simon. I, I, um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm, I, I, there's no bigger advocate for puppy auctions than, than myself. I um, haven't you know, been involved in uh, a few of them over the years. I think that puppy auctions are, are, are really important. As we see in the other in the other codes, and even if Switch do it in the grounds, is that, that puppy auction, in my view, is an opportunity for people to be able to uh, access uh, and, and buy and buy um, good quality stock, which is not just something that's easy to do. For, for the person on the street or the person who's interested in racing, how do they get involved in our industry? And, and I, I just know from the time that I, you know, we've been involved in auctions, there's been many, many people who have come to auctions and bought pups and they've been hooked and they've got in, they've got their friends involved, they've formed syndications, they've formed all these sorts of things. So it's an opportunity for people to be able to engage and get in, uh, engage and, and invest in our in our um, sport, um, so and we haven't had that many of those opportunities in recently because you know, things have been like COVID and stuff. So we said very important that we provide those opportunities, ever how big or small they are. You've got, you've, you've got to be able to do that because the, the industry or the sport needs to be able to keep um, you know growing and, and, and reinvesting and changing the way we do things. And we do see that the puppy auction is a really important part of that. So, you know, in May this year, we'll, we'll, we'll have it at Richmond. Um, it's going to be exciting. Um, for me, it's something that, you know, we, we believe in um, 100%. So it's, it's a really important component, we feel. Official details will go up on the dogs.com.au in the next week or so about how you can get involved, whether it be via pups or there's also a ready-to-race uh, section of the auction as well, which will be really exciting, Wayne. Dogs trialling the morning of the auction and all the data being spread across the punters who want to maybe throw some cash and get a dog that's ready to race. i tell you what's also exciting. We've had a bunch of quality uh, racing girls go off to the breeding barn in the last year. She's a Pearl, Good Odds Cash, uh, French Martini, Yuko Girl, Super Estrella. They've all had litters in the last six months or so. So hopefully some of those pups are the right age and can go under the hammer if the owners want to get involved. Um, last one, Wayne, the grading of dogs. It's a constant bugbear for participants. I tell you what, every time I'm on the track, there's always a question at least one or two about how dogs are graded in particular races. I've noticed, especially in the last year, there seems to be a lot more opportunity 
for trainers to get different dogs involved in different levels of racing. What is GRNSW doing in 2024 to provide more opportunity? Yeah, thanks, Simon. It's a really, it's a really good point. Um, grading is one of those things, Simon, that uh, uh, no matter what the grading policy is, some are going to love it and some are going to hate it. That's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. But, you know, obviously the grading policy is there to try and be as fair and equitable as possible. But um, I think an important part of, of the whole grading thing is not just grading his race programming. Uh, yeah, we're great believers that his programming um, can provide opportunity to ensure that greyhounds are racing in like-for-like grades. And, and you mentioned about us expanding uh, our programming. Um, you know, last year, uh, Rob, CEO Robert Pauly, uh, you know, done went on a bit of a tour around the state about a whole range of things. And one of the one of the um, you know, common themes was that potentially we're not broadening our base of um, be able to make dogs who are up and down in form or down in form in particular, um, their racing opportunities has been limited. So what we've done, we've, we've introduced across the state, especially in the last couple of months, is some you know some 150 um, point races, which is dogs el- you know, eligible up to 150 points. And early indications, Simon, are that that's been really well received. In some meetings, we've had six and seven races um, for these dogs to be drawn. Where you know, on some occasions they potentially wouldn't get the chance to run around. So it's important that the dogs are being drawn. It's important for the dogs. It's important for the trainer and the owner and that sort of thing. So it's about just making that ecosystem, just trying to get the right balance. Uh, you know, again, everything's um, it's an up and down sort of approach and you're just going to monitor it fairly quick, uh, fairly robustly. But we've been introducing them throughout the whole state. They've been really well received. The feedback from participants has been great. I mean... I was down at uh, Young just before Christmas and they'd had a couple of meetings, early meetings down there in, in, at Wagga and the participants thought it was great so, and they've really supported it down in that region in particular. So from us, it's, 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 it's working. Uh, we'll continue to review it and make it continue to work because it's really important that we give all of our people and their, and their beloved greyhounds an opportunity to, to be able to race around safely and competitively. Beautifully said, Wayne. That's it for us, mate. We've run out of time. Comprehensive as always. Great to have you on, and hopefully the listeners have taken a few things away from our chat today, as always. Thanks for joining me on Going Greyhounds, mate. An absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you. There he goes, Jaron SW Deputy CEO, Wayne Billet, uh, hitting a lot of the big issues on the head this morning. Uh, best bets around the state before we go. Casino, race 2-6, stunning Lulu, 2-6, a casino, Dapto 8-4, Zipping Lessie. That's Dapto, race 8, number 4, Zipping Lessie. And Gunnadar, race 6, number 1. Gunnadar, 6-1, well, that's going greyhounds. Done and dusted. Good luck on the pun over the coming days. Until next week, hooroo.